Hello podcast listener, thanks so much for choosing another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Now I won't keep you long, I just wanted to let you know that Home Things is launching into the big old world really, really soon. If you want to be the first in line to receive exclusive discount and you know, be the first to know when we launch, which makes you look pretty cool, just go to our website, it's gethomethings.com and sign up in the box that looks like you should put your email address in it. Okay, back to the show. Enjoy. Reaction. 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 Nice. Gold dust. Ready? Got fluids? I've got fluids. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I had my coffee. Okay. Fab. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Reaction, the sustainability podcast by Home Things. Today, I'm sat opposite the very fabulous Ryan Conn. Hello. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? Good, thank you. Fab, before we get into telling me about you, what you do. I want to know your bonkers bits of the week. Or I can go first. It's up to you. Why don't you set the tone and then I'll follow. <laughs> I think I'm going to set it strangely. All right. So yesterday in North Carolina, this is true. I'll show you a picture. A dog gave birth to a bright green puppy. Luminous green. A bright green puppy. Okay. And so they called it the Hulk. They called it the Hulk. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Wonder you know, who the dog had consummated with to form the bright <laughs> Maybe puppy, the mum dog was like a heavy vegan, yeah. too much spinach, but it's like luminous green, luminous like green. highlighter wow. green. Wow. So I think it's quite cute. That is quite strong. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I love a good random fact, and I've got, I'm going to start with, um, I, I, I don't know if it's a sad one, but it, it, it probably is a little bit sad about society. So basically, um, human beings have watched more hours of Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler movies on Netflix than we have been around as a civilization. <laughs> Definitely guilty of that. So that's, sure. that's, so that's one bonkers song. But then I'm <laughs> going to finish with a, with a more um, highbrow sustainability focused yeah. one, which is that the world's deserts receive more energy from the sun in six hours than we consume as a planet in a year. That's mad. So that is absolutely so mad. Go, so yeah. if you're lacking in your vitamin B12, you should basically go to the sun. It's not B12 even, is it? Well, it's D? vitamin D, yeah. But That's I think, it. It, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I guess more importantly, we have the energy of the sun. If we can harness that energy, then um, yeah, we don't have to rely on fossil fuels. Which That's is amazing. Mm. Fab. Well, I think yours are better than mine. So <laughs> congrats on that. So let's get stuck in. Tell me about yourself. Let's pretend this is a. This is your life. I'm sitting down. I'm watching the Ryan Con movie. Where are we starting? The Ryan Con movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's catchy, so, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Maybe. I think I need a better stage name. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, uh, I was born outskirts of London. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, always quite outgoing, fun person. I like to think. I've always. I guess I had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Both my parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, at the age of 11, I started washing cars in my neighbourhood and £5 a car. And it's quite then, expensive. <laughs> and well, well, I mean... Hustler. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, get, I got to university, um, tore my cruise ligament in, at the football trials in my first week, which meant that I was on crutches for like the first six months and wasn't able to play football, which I love playing. So in my spare time, decided to start a, a hip hop night with like break dancers and beatboxes, uh, which went really well. And started, a, yeah. And from there, kind of a business sprouted, running student events across the country with a couple of friends. And by the time by the time I was twenty one, we had about 
400 student employees and we ran about 15, 16 nights a week in 11 different cities. That's so cool. So it was a, it was a really good kind of crash course in mm. business, learnt loads um, and I guess I definitely learnt a lot about kind of the importance of building a really strong culture. And then from there, uh, left that business and then went, got involved in kind of property development and then started my own uh, environmentally friendly property development company, nice. which was basically yeah, building houses that are run off renewable energy and using locally sourced materials and things like that. Uh, actually, funny enough, the last house we did, Cheryl Cole lived in for about three years, which was amazing. Which was great. Of course, she um, did. Had like an underground pool in cinema room, but the whole thing was one of renewable energy. So amazing. Um, and went. how did you? Just out of interest, sorry to interrupt, but how did that angle come about? Like, why did you want to do like an environmentally focused property company? Is it something that's always been on your radar? Was it like particularly topical at the time? Like, how come you went down that angle rather than just doing a property development firm? I think for me, the environment has always been something I've been hugely passionate about. And um, sadly, our, our homes, and it's not necessarily anyone's fault, it's just the way that we've all evolved and developed, you know, they, they are big polluters and the, the energy mm. that gets wasted and energy gets used. And there's a lot of really good systems and technology out there where you don't have to build a home that is impacting the environment. And so I guess wanted to prove to people that they could still live a, a really good life, really good high kind of high quality life and without spending huge amounts more money can do it in a really positive way for the environment. Yeah, and so awesome. that was always, yeah, that was the plan. Um, and then I guess after that, well, yeah, uh, I've also on the side, I've always been involved in kind of different charities and so I did a charity campaign with a friend of mine back in 2009, uh, working with um, charities trying to eradicate violence amongst young people within the capital um, and then started Proper Corn with nice. uh, my business partner Cassandra which was back in 2011 now and that's been an incredible journey um, got the most insanely brilliant team um, they're far better than, than we than we are <laughs> um, and uh, yeah I guess from there I haven't, haven't really looked back and you know I think what we've done really well with, with Proper Corn and I should say we're now we're now proper. Uh, this year we've we've moved from proper yes, to proper. I so saw we can start that, launching. yeah. But what we've I think what we've built with proper, which we're really proud of, is a, a business that is aware and conscious of its impact on environment and people. And um, while we're not perfect, we're definitely kind of doing a lot of good things and trying to constantly kind of better ourselves as a business. Nice, that's amazing. So that's quite the life story so far so far also to add um how did what i'm interested in with kind of everyone i meet through all walks of life is how your outlook to being like a conscious consumer and like your general sustainability angle how did that come about is that something that you you know was it part of your family you know were you kind of a bit of a hippie family is it something that you just one day woke up and saw in the news and thought actually I want to do my part like what part of the journey has that been a thought process because for everyone it's so different I think I've definitely I wouldn't say that we're a hippie family um <laughs> I think our parents have always encouraged us to kind of explore and be inquisitive mm. um and thankfully I come from a really loving family but um I don't. I'm trying. I don't know when the moment was. I just. I've just always been really conscious about about the environment. Like to the point where I remember like taking a football into school and you know playing with it on the playground, and then the le the little leather bits of the ball would start peeling off, and I would always go and pick up. This is the age of like six, 
or six, yeah, six to eleven, I would always go and pick up all the little bits <laughs> because I just I, I felt bad that they, that they were like being left around, and oh, I'd always put them in. And, and I've always been like a real, real kind of like stickler for like littering. And my friends always get annoyed with me because if they throw a cigarette butt on the floor, I'm always like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Has it been one meter away from you? Come on, let's." Um, uh, and I don't know. I don't really know where it came from. I, th- I think like, I have memories of like you know, going to Spain on holidays and seeing, like, dirty water and always mm. thinking that's, I don't yeah. know, being quite turned off by that. But there wasn't, I don't think, kind of one particular moment. I think it is just a, a connection that with the environment and I know that we all have connections with the world in different ways. And yeah. for me, that's just one that's really begin, become more and more prominent as I've got older. Amazing. And mm. it's really interesting to know that you kind of carry those values through to all the businesses that you touch upon. So I saw recently, I hope this is correct, that proper... Or proper corn, but proper mm. became certified B Corp. For those of us who might not know exactly what mm-hmm. that means to like be a B Corp business, can you just give us a top line or in loads of detail about like what that means, what that means for you guys now as a business, and I guess personally what that means for you to have achieved that kind of status for the business? Yeah, so B, well, we, we became a B Corp two years ago. Actually, it's almost like two years almost to the day. Um, Perfect. And B Corp is an amazing organization that started in the US and their whole premise is about using business as a force for good and they've created an accreditation system that evaluates your business on every single social and environmental factor and you have to score a minimum of 80 points to become a certified B Corp. So it's not something you can just kind of pay and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're B Corp. You actually, you have to go through a very kind of like strict process. Typically it can take, yeah, around six months to to actually do... to. to go through, uh, not the test, but yeah, the, you know, the certification and then for them to verify your answers and you have to provide evidence. And so, yeah, we are definitely a really proud business to become a B Corp. That said, it is just the start of the journey and I think it's nice to get the recognition, but it doesn't stop there. And, you know, we, 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 we have to recertify every three years, so we're recertifying again over the next year and we definitely want to smash the score that we achieved um, yeah, two years ago, and I think with any business, um, sadly, the way the world has been set up, we can't give, go through our days without doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get the bus to work; it's releasing emissions. You get to work; you have some fruit. The fruit's probably been flown in from all different parts of the country, uh, not the country, even the world. It, it arrives in plastic packaging. Um, you put something in the bin; that bin ends up going to landfill or being incinerated. Um, and then, you know, you get home at night and I don't eat meat, but for those meat eaters, and I'm not saying that they're bad, we all know about the emissions that are involved in that. And so you go through your day, you haven't meant to do anything wrong, mm. but you've actually done a lot more harm than good, and that's yeah. just the way the world is set up. So as businesses, it's really difficult to be a perfect business, sure. but the B Corp um, system allows you to really drill into the detail of how you can improve. And, and what I should also say with B Corp, it's not just about environment, it is about how you treat your staff, it's about diversity in the business, it's about the partners you work with, um, it's really all-encompassing, which is yeah. what I think makes it so special. Yeah, that's amazing. And you mentioned, which is like a phrase I really like, but businesses kind of being a force for good. Mm. I guess at your perspective and looking at not just your own business, but looking at other businesses, what do you think... Do you think obviously more businesses should be being a force for good and be doing better? And like you said, like no one's perfect and we can't go through life without doing something. There's always mm. going to be some offsetting that needs to happen. But in your opinion, what 
like what more could businesses be doing to be a force for good or do you think we should have more transparency with businesses to encourage them to do good because I guess like the B Corp certification is really nice but mm. there is a big awareness piece around that so for me for example until speaking to you and until working for home things I wouldn't have necessarily known what a B Corp was so mm. probably could be like we're a B Corp and like cool I don't necessarily know what that means do you mm. think more work needs to be done for people to have aware- like awarenesses so more businesses feel the pressure to do good or do you think that's not on people's radar so I think there's two things in there. First of all, I would say that with B Corp, um, we didn't do it to get recognition mm. from the consumer. It's a nice benefit if yeah. some people know, but it, it was a way of us being able to understand better what we did well as a business and what we did badly sure. and how we can improve that and kind of really join that journey and also join the community because once you're part of B Corp, you know, you, you're, you're then speaking to other B Corps and there's loads of other businesses that are doing brilliant things yeah. and so you can kind of all share and learn ideas, uh, which is brilliant. In terms of um, in terms of kind of other businesses, I, I, there's, I always hate the word should because <laughs> it, 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 for me it feels like I know better and therefore someone should be doing something and every business is different. My belief on business is that it, it can be a force for good and... If you can make it that, why wouldn't you? True. Um, so, and, and and I guess even, but I, well, every every business has a different business model as well that goes with it. And there's some brilliant businesses out there. Um, recently, I was online yesterday, embarrassingly, <laughs> buying Lou Roll. And I don't know if you guys know about the business who gives a crap. Yes. Which is, and, and, and I love their business model, which is 50% of profits go to kind of charity or communities. Yeah. Um, and they approached that, you know, interesting uh, product in a really fun, vibrant way. And I just, I just love the way that they are, uh, you know, approaching things. And um, if I started a new business, I, I would probably look at a model even similar to that. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult when you are an existing business, you've been going for however many years, just to all of a sudden, you know, completely change your business model. Yeah. Um, and so... I think it's more about doing what you can um, within, I guess, your means mm-hmm. as a business yeah. and and setting yourself like really good, punchy targets. You know, yeah. we've recently committed to going to being a carbon neutral business by 2030. Um, that doesn't mean we won't be, you know, offsetting in the meantime. We're, we're going to be doing a lot of carbon offsetting. Uh, but I don't think that if someone says, oh, we, we offset our emissions, that makes mm. them carbon neutral. That for me is like, paying <laughs> how do I put it out of this I feel like it's it's like paying someone else to treat their girlfriend brilliantly while you can, <laughs> while you can keep cheating on your girlfriend it's basically what I think about offsetting fantastic analogy yeah um, and so I, I, I'm I, yeah I'm very dubious when people kind of call themselves mm. carbon neutral and that's what they do yeah I think it's great that they are doing offsetting and as I said we will do that but we won't be being like hey we're carbon neutral because it's like well we're still doing, you know, a lot of harm in our, of you know, supply. So, well, I say a lot of harm, not hopefully yeah. too much. But what we are doing to, yeah, is committing to a, a 2030 true carbon neutral target. Yeah. That was going to involve a lot of investment. It's going to involve kind of changing farming methods, supply chain. There's so, you know, packaging. There's so many things, yeah. you know, uh, challenges along that way. And it's, it's going to be a difficult journey, but we're really committed to doing that. Yeah. And so I, I think for businesses, it's about setting yourselves, you know, really good punchy targets that you think you that are achievable mm-hmm. but are stretching yeah. um, that encompass people and planet and um, 
minimizing that impact on both. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. And I guess the business angle is, I don't know anything really about business, but from a consumer's point of view, like we are all consumers, even though like you have a business, I work for business, we are all consumers in our own right as well. And I guess what's interesting is a lot of businesses kind of like the girlfriend analogy saying, oh, we're going to offset, we're going to do this almost a very greenwashing approach to things. It's obviously a very topical thing, especially now. Everyone loves talking about it. And, you know, I guess for a lot of consumers, it's a real selling point or a real make or break. And you have companies like Coca-Cola with their recent kind of PR stunt of, you know, getting work, like names the world's worst plastic polluter, whatever it is, and then coming up with all those adverts like, oh, we're closing the loop, reuse our bottles. And it's like, but darling, I think you're still like producing the plastic in the first thing. What's as a consumer, so just a personal opinion, your view on greenwashing, have you seen like a lot of it recently? And as someone who, I guess, makes sustainable choices where possible, like for Who Gives a Crap, fantastic company, don't need plastic, very sustainable, very conscious. Is that something that you notice and have noticed more recently? It, it definitely is something that you see more and more. But what I think is really difficult for the consumer is mm. that it is a minefield. And as someone yeah. who has been passionate about this space for a long time. I'm still learning huge amounts all the time. And what I think we do as a society is sometimes we latch onto things, we change systems, and then we don't really know the impact that that change is having. Sure. And a really good example of that is the conversation around plastic in that um, planet, uh, uh, Blue Planet, yeah. even too, obviously, you know, showed some you know, raise a load of amazing awareness around plastic in the oceans, and that is definitely a, uh, a really sad and, you know, horrific topic. Um, that said, I do believe that plastic has a place mm. to play in this world. It is a lightweight. Um, it's it's amazing at keeping food fresh, things like that. Um, I, I know, well, I think it's, yeah, it's common knowledge that actually, if you think about, you know, those plastic thin plastic bags you can wrap fruit in at a yeah. supermarket um if you use paper bag equivalent at the same thickness the paper actually uses more carbon emissions than the plastic mm. um but because the paper bag also needs to be 12 and a half times thicker because otherwise it's, it's just too flimsy you're talking about 25 times more emissions used uh, using a paper bag than a plastic bag but obviously everyone is, everyone thinks plastic is the devil yeah but in that scenario what, what is worse it just depends on what you're looking at if you're thinking about plastic in the oceans then yeah plastic mm. would be worse but if you're talking about carbon emissions and obviously at the moment we have a huge task ahead of us to minimize kind of temperature rise across the planet then you you could argue that the plastic is a better substance to use so yeah. i think the thing the thing that's really difficult for consumers is that they don't and rightly so, aren't always aware or kind of educated on what is the right choice to make. And I yeah. think where businesses have a huge responsibility is to make that choice really easy for the consumers um, and do that work for them and be really transparent in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, which is why I think Home Things is actually a, a, you know really a really good example <laughs> of a business that's trying to do that. But Definitely. you know, and I'm sure that Home Things um, has their own challenges there as well. Absolutely, and there are so many challenges. It's like what you said as well: is there is no perfect solution so like plastic is fantastic sometimes in its own right especially in you know the medical world it's, it's changed the way that we do a lot of things I guess it's like the single use plastic that becomes a problem because it's so easy and quick to produce but then it's like you said the alternatives are often have a heavier carbon footprint but it's like 
How, but, how do you pick? Do you pick to pollute the planet? Do you pick for the carbon emissions? It's it's tricky. So, but, so even the, the, the classified single-use plastic bags from supermarkets, mm. on average, across the UK and Ireland, they actually got used more than once 80% of the time. Yeah. That's because a lot of people used them as bin bags. Yeah. So when they got rid of those... Um, the sales of black bin liners, which are much thicker, much more, again, energy intensive, um, went up and they only get used once. And then they went up dramatically. And those bags for life that the supermarkets have brought in instead have just, again, added more plastic to the system. They, they're costing money and no one actually takes them back to the supermarkets yeah. to use them or, or, or a very small percentage. So those changes that have tried to, you know, get, you know this ban on single-use plastic and things like that actually has done a lot more harm than good in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's about, I guess, yeah, probably more thought that, that needs to go into it. And um, and I, I also think a lot more investment needs to go into kind of the recycling of things like plastic um, and being able to close the loop properly. Yeah. Um, and even things like paper and, and things like that. You know, mm. the more, if things are incinerated, they're taken completely out of the system and we have to kind of like find new ways of creating new products. We need to just create closed loop systems that enabled us to keep reusing a product again and again and again and again while using minimum amounts of energy to do that. Absolutely. It's interesting about the plastic bags thing as well because I also read recently that um, just like the misperception of like a cotton tote bag and like mm. how much water, for example, is needed to actually make that cotton tote bag and actually in terms of the environment, actually the original classic bags that we used to get from Tesco's or whatever is technically better in terms of its you know, carbon footprint than the tote bag but everyone now has jumped on this eco bandwagon yeah, and said yeah. no I hate the plastic bag you know buys 10 tote bags yeah, it's yeah. like but <laughs> really like people have way too it's well they, they have to be used one of those tote bags has to be used 150 times for it to be better than a plastic bag interesting mm. And also, it really goes for a sore shoulder. I feel like everyone just carries a lot of bags now, including myself. So, hubbub. Mm. I'm really interested to know about it. I know that you're a trustee. Is yep. that the right word? Yep. Trustee of hubbub. I have done a bit of reading about it, but for people who don't know what it is, it's a funny word, first of all, hubbub. Tell me a bit about what hubbub is, what your role is as a trustee for hubbub, and enlighten us. So Hubbub is a environmental charity, and they <clears throat> work with organisations of many types—you know, businesses, governments, uh, local councils—to um, create, I guess, campaigns that bring about beneficial behavioural change for the environment. Mm. So an example of that would be that uh, they did an amazing campaign to raise awareness around coffee cups not being recyclable. Okay. Um, that they started off in the city and they created this kind of recycling bank for the square mile within the city. And off the back of that, Starbucks now charge for every coffee cup they sell and the charge that they... Um, well, the money from that charge goes to Hubbub's then invest in more environmental initiatives. Oh, okay. Costa Coffee have created their own kind of re- coffee cup recycling scheme now as well. Um, and so that's just kind of... Yeah, a really good example of just kind of like raising awareness, creating change. Um, and they work across just all different areas of the environment. So it's, it's you know, food waste, it's packaging, it's um, travel, air miles, you know, absolutely everything. And I guess my role is I'm, I'm on the board as a trustee for them. I've been with them now for about three years. Um, they are, they're just a complete shining light <laughs> of brilliance that I just love kind of my interaction with them. Um, the people that run it and the people that are there, um, 
they've all got no ego. The, the reason why a lot of people haven't heard of them is just because they don't shout mm. about what they do. They Their whole model is about creating, um, working with companies to create kind of uh, a model that they can then adopt and take on and do themselves. So they're not like asking for kind of huge amounts of like praise or they're not promoting their brand behind it. I'm always saying, listen guys, you need to <laughs> shout louder about what you do. Um, but yeah, so they're just... A fantastic charity that I just feel really lucky to be a part of. That's basically. really cool. Yeah. What's the most since you've been kind of working with them? What's other than like the coffee cup thing that they've done? Because you've already said that's something mm. to test now. Yeah. What's the most interesting thing that you've kind of seen them do, or like you've learned from them over the last three years that you've been like, wow, love it. Well, one of the things which which I love as well about them, which is again another really good example, they created this thing called the ballot bin. Okay. Which, as I mentioned, cigarette butts already mm-hmm. has always been a, a kind of uh, the. I'm trying to think of a good palm. But like, you know, it's <laughs> the been butt the of your of my, yeah, 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 life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, and so what they did is they went to areas where there was kind of like high footfall of people, where potentially you know maybe there's a lot of bars, people lot, drop a lot of cigarette butts on the floors, and they set up these things called the ballot bin, which was essentially like a square bin that would sit around kind of like body to head height and at the top of the ballot bin they would ask a question um, depending on the demographic of the area let's assume it was a kind of male dominated 16 to 30 year old area and I'm sorry to uh, <laughs> stereotype men as people who like football but one of the questions could have been who's a better football player or Cristiano Love Ronaldo it. or Lionel Messi and people vote using their cigarette butts and then you can <laughs> and you can see you know, which one has That's got, cool. the, got the most votes. Um, and, yeah, and it was just a really simple way of engaging people, you know, obviously reducing litter. Um, but, yeah, just doing it in a, in a brilliant way. And they've now sold, you know, thousands of those um, around the country and actually across Europe and in America as well. That's fantastic. I haven't seen one. I mean, mm. I don't smoke, but I would have quite <laughs> like to see one anyway. So... This is the final question before we get onto the quiz. Sure. Am I right? Do you know what? My, my dates and my facts are not always great. Am I right in thinking that Proper was started in 2011? Yeah. Yes! Okay, so it's been nearly 10 years. So, so yeah, I would say that we launched in 2011, but obviously to get it to launch it took some time before cool. that. So we yeah. can say 10 years, really? Yeah, you can say 10. Perfect. 10 years sounds good. So 10 years on mm-hmm. from being with your business partner, Sandra, and thinking about this idea, what in terms of like your personal development, business, your sustainability angles, I don't know, what have been the best bits and the worst bits and what have you learned along the way? That kind of looking back like, I did not see that coming or I did not think mm. that we'd be here. Or like, I'm, I'm glad that we're now doing proper chips. Best bits and worst bits. I mean, the best, the best part, I think, of starting proper and getting to where we've got to is just the amount of learnings. You know, mm. I've learned so much. And um, while I've been running businesses since I was 18 at university, you know, this has just been a, a kind of more accelerated crash course than I could have ever yeah. have imagined. And those learnings I'll take with me uh, into life, into anything else I do, into whether it's charity work or, or anything else. And so I feel really kind of thankful for that. Um, hugely thankful as well for the team and, you know, the, the amount of people who are still with us, but also who were with us and who have now left and have gone on to start their own businesses or do their own brilliant things. Um, just insanely kind of proud of them and um, really 
like thankful to have met them and know them and still be friends with them and like uh, you know some of the I think the, in any business book or anything you read it's always there's always a focus on people yeah. and rightly so because um, without brilliant people you won't have a brilliant business and so yeah, I, f- I feel like those two things coupled together are probably my best bits. Amazing. <laughs> Hashtag cheese. Yeah. Um, and then worst bits, I don't, I, I don't know because I feel like every mistake we've made has been in some way a benefit yeah. as well. And always learn. Yeah, you, al- you always learn. And I always say to people, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Coasting. And so I think more, it's more important to encourage a culture where it's okay to make mistakes as long as you do learn from them yeah. and don't keep making those mistakes. Um, so it's difficult to pick out worst bits I can tell you you know stories of, of mistakes that we have made and we've made plenty but I don't see them as, as bad things yeah um, I mean you're still here you're still going so none of them here, could have been going. that bad yeah exactly we're hang- yeah exactly we're hanging in there <laughs> and so yeah I, frustratingly and yeah I, I can't think of something that I would say has been has been really bad do you know what there's probably a relief there's probably okay. an absolute relief because otherwise this podcast could take a very Negative dark turns. <laughs> Let's keep it on the light. Now, this quiz is actually inspired by Tim. So if you don't love it, it's not my fault. Okay. And it's a who said it, Trump or Kanye quiz. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you feeling confident? I mean, they're, they're, both, they're <laughs> both cut from the same cloth. So um, I, I, like, I like the idea of the quiz. It's good. It's actually tricky. Very tricky. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Nimble up. Okay. okay, number one, who said this? I have ideas that could make the human race better within a hundred years, period. I was thinking Kanye up until you said period. Period at the end makes it sound like Trump. Uh, but I'm going to go Kanye because I just don't think Trump would think about the human race in that way. <laughs> You're also correct, it is Kanye. Yes. Okay, Maybe the good. period was added in, I don't know. But yes, mm. Kanye, well done. One point. Question two. My whole life is about winning. I don't lose often. I almost never lose. I'm going to go Trump. Yes! You're fantastic at this. Obviously a fan. Okay. (laughs) Question three. My IQ is one of the highest, and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's really not your fault. Trump? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Final one. Nailing this. Is, I'm too busy writing history to read it. Definitely Kanye. 100% Kanye, yeah. yes, you're correct. And for a bonus point, and I actually put this in because the quiz was going to be different. This is for a bonus point because I liked it because apparently you're a Liverpool football fan. I am a Liverpool Fantastic fan. Fantastic news yeah. within this question. Wow. I didn't even know that and I wrote this question, nice. so I feel like I knew. Okay. Question. It's more like a riddle. I'm Liverpudlian, but not Liverpool. Who, what am I? Not who, what am I? I'm Liverpudlian, but not Liverpool. Hmm. <laughs> I think this is a good one. I feel like it's going to be like some emblem that I just don't know because I <laughs> live in Liverpool. Uh, I'm Liverpool. It's not like the the Tate. It's not like uh, the Tate. What the museum? Yeah, they've got a Tate up there. Do they? Yeah. Obviously, I've never been. Obviously, not uh, a fan. Did I tell you? Yeah, go for it. Everton Football Club. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Good one, isn't That's it? That's fine, I'm happy to get that one. <laughs> no one thinks about Everton. Sorry, Everton. <laughs> sorry, Everton. Yeah, sorry, Everton. I think Matt's an Everton supporter, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think that's everything, unless you want to throw any last anecdotes in. 
No, not at all. Into people's ears. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Is there, I mean, I don't know how much you'd love social media. Is there anywhere that you want people to find you? Maybe just proper? Uh, well, our Personal company, plug? our company um, Instagram is at proper. And my Instagram, if you're interested in following <laughs> me in, in my world and, uh, yeah, environmental pursuits, then it's uh, Ryan Con Eco. Perfect. I love that. I love that you've got eco in there as well. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We have been get underscore home things. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you. a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you've got to the end, give yourself a pat on the back. That's pretty impressive. If you enjoyed the show, we would really, really love it if you could leave us a five-star review, no lower, otherwise you're disqualified, and write a lovely little comment and share the podcast with your friends. We're a new show, we really want to get out there, and we want to tell the world all about what we do. So do us a little favour, help us out, and in return, come cash in a big old hug. Thanks so much.